Hi, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic intuitive and medium coming to you from Humboldt County in Northern California. And I'm Judea, a psychic intuitive energy healer coming to you from the island of Kauai. And together we are Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Hello and welcome to this newest episode on ancestral healing. We're excited to dive into this topic, but before we start, both Jude and I have some announcements to make. I recently announced that rather than doing readings, I'm going to be concentrating on courses and coaching. So I wanted to tell you about a few things coming up. Spiritual coaching and mentorship, that's a one-on-one -on -one program that will be starting mid-March. Also, I'm going to be offering a light workers and healers mentorship and support retreat, online retreat, a psychic reading workshop where you'll have the ability to practice reading with other people and also have coaching and support during that, and an empowered empath online retreat. So this information will be coming out in your email probably within the next few weeks. I'm hoping to have dates set for that. And Jude, you have a bunch of stuff coming up too. Hi, everyone. Yes, my announcements. I started an online virtual community at the beginning of the year, and you can find it at omnichakra.mn.co. So that's O-M-N-I-C-H-A-K-R-A.mn.co. And it's an online virtual community where light workers and star seeds and people who are on the awakened path can get together. You can create your own profile. You can put all of your contact links in there. And there are various rooms um, in which you can go to and visit and strike up a conversation with people. It's already been a lot of fun. There's a lot of action happening, a lot of connections being made. One of the bonuses to being part of the Omni Chakra online virtual community is that any appointments that I release throughout the year, and there will be a few of them dropped here and there about one or two weeks in advance, anybody part of a specific group within the network will have first option at those appointments. You also have first option to any events that I do. And then coming in the spring, I'm going to start an online course, which will be for people starting at the very beginning of their spiritual awakening. I'm going to start you with the ABCs and one, two, threes, and walk you every step of the way to have a more empowerment and understanding in your intuition and sensitivities and psychic gifts. That will also be a prerequisite for an opportunity to receive a deeper training coming out later in the summer in which I will show you my specific methodology. And so for those of you who have had sessions with me, I'm going to start teaching people how to do readings exactly as I do. So those are really exciting things to look forward to. If you're interested in the opportunity about learning this specific modality, you can find me at the omnichakra.mn.co community. All right, so let's get into ancestral healing. I wouldn't say necessarily that I am an expert on ancestral healing. It is not my specific path. It is not my specific study, but the ancestors do come up a lot in the work that I do. And I'm certain that it comes up a lot for Patty. So I'm going to offer my personal perspective on encountering ancestors during my sessions and uh, the quality of healing that I've seen unfold in working in that space. But Patty, I think that you sort of have a more refined definition of what ancestral healing is, correct? 
To share what ancestral work is and ancestral healing, this is communicating with your ancestry line and taking time to honor and respect them. This type of work can help you heal pain and trauma that may have been passed down through your ancestor line. Also, it's an opportunity to use the knowledge that you receive to have a better understanding of yourself and your path and your purpose here in this incarnation. This is also important work to do when you're wanting to heal and expand spiritually. Let's start off by defining ancestors. Most of us think of our ancestor line as those that we share a bloodline with or DNA with. These are our grandparents and our great-grandparents and our uncles and our aunts and our cousins and our siblings. However, we're also going to take some time today to look at family. And family can be something different for a lot of people. And we can still work with them and gain knowledge from the ancestors of, let's say, our adopted parents or our step-parents. So we're going to be working with this on a little bit of a broader term than strictly looking at our bloodlines. And there are also different types of ancestors. There's our familiar deceased. Those are the people that have passed that we know, that we have met, that we have maybe had a relationship with. And then there are our ancestors that have passed that have come before us that we may never have known about. We may have heard stories about or seen a photo of, but have never met. And then there are those that work as our ancestors in a new way. Some people call them the mighty dead. And those are considered our ancestors that may be the ancestors that lived on the land that we live on before we were here or the indigenous people of the area that you live in, people in the city that lived in the city or established the city that you lived in. This can also include people that have passed, maybe that are deities or highly respected within your religion or within your faith. Or um, like, for instance, I have a really good friend and when her father passed, even though I wasn't related to him and I'd only met him a few times, he gave me a ton of information and let me know what it was like on the other side and gave me different perspectives of, of humanity and, and this incarnation. And so I consider him as one of my, my mighty dead. You know, he's not an ancestor, but he is someone that I treat as an ancestor because he has helped me and given me so much information. So nowadays, when people talk about doing ancestral work, it is not purely limited to your bloodline, although it is primarily it. But that that definition can uh, be a little more fluid. So Jude, how about you? Yeah, Patty, that was super thorough. The only thing that I was thinking of is, now is this included in your list? And maybe I missed it. Sometimes when I'm giving sessions to people, I find that they have ancestral connections that are tied to past lives. So ancestors that were very invested in them through other lifetimes. So they weren't necessarily incarnate within the same bloodline, but those ancestors still have a connection to them in this life. Have you come across that as well? Totally. And that's where it all gets pretty complicated because you know, when we think that we tend to incarnate with the same team or a similar team over and over, that makes a little more sense with our ancestral line. But we have experiences with people that we don't incarnate over and over with. And as you and I both know, we also have past lives that aren't human. So when we're looking at our ancestors, it's not really only based on who you are today and your ancestral line. I feel like it's more based on what is flooding through or what trauma may have been passed through, what line of ancestor that you're working on or what's pertinent to your path right now. So it's a, it's a fuzzy area for sure. Right. And I think that that goes to say that 
depending on what layer of the ancestral connection that we're talking about is directly related to how deeply embedded the impact of their energy in your field is. So those obviously that you are directly connected to that you knew in life might have a bigger energetic impact on you than an ancestor who might be a few generations back that you didn't meet, but yet they would have a stronger impact than the ones that are way far back, you know, the more ancient or of the land, as you said, or of the cities, the people who came first. When it comes to ancestral healing, I mean, we can go into these very deep, subtle layers and have breakthroughs that a lot of times when we're on our healing path, we try all these things that we work on from like a personal level, or we're trying to break old habits, or we're trying to rewire our nervous system, or why is it that we're always inclined to do certain things? And sometimes when we look through that ancestral lineage pathway energy, that is when we can have very profound breakthroughs because we're actually anchored or tied to something that is sort of preconditioning us to behave, act, react in certain ways because it's something, an energy that was passed on from our ancestral lineage. Now, going into that, you know, if you think of the patterns that are passed down, if one of our ancestors has something unresolved, like something they were not able to conquer, and it was an issue that created a lot of havoc in their life, and that can often be passed down into the next generation and then passed on to you. And, you know, a lot of us light workers right now are being incarnate within family lines that need a lot of untangling. So if you look back, like one example could be addiction. If your parents had addiction issues, if your grandparents had addiction issues, and then you find that you have a tendency to not be able to let go of certain habits, and no matter how much you try to quit drinking or smoking or the sugary foods or whatever it is that this addiction quality comes in from, one of the ways that often help is by untangling or untying the thread of obligation of that specific energy that you have tied to the ones that came before you who also struggled in that space. And this goes with many things. It's not just addiction. It can be depression. It can be lack mentality. It can be bad relationships, the specific type of relationships. I have the same relationships my mother had, my grandmother had, and going back. So we can apply this in many different areas of our life. And I think that anybody knowing any bit of their family can certainly point out very specific traits that you have carried on. You find that you're struggling with in this particular lifetime and working with ancestral clearing can be a really great pathway to alleviate some of those habits. I agree, June. There's so many predispositions that we can run into. In addition to like uh, you were saying, the addictive tendencies, there are also physical ailments or weaknesses, trauma, anger, resentment, insecurities. This can have a lot to do with race, gender, things that our family went through. You know, if your great, great grandfather was in the war and he was, you know, dealt with a lot of really difficult things that he saw and pain that can certainly be passed in through the bloodline. And so also I see that this can include vulnerabilities in specific um, chakras as well. So just as we know, and it's been proven scientifically that we can carry on some of our mother's emotions during our pregnancy. If your mother was depressed during pregnancy, you can carry on tendencies 
towards depression. Also, if you have a lot of trauma within your ancestor line, that trauma can be passed through. And if we can catch that and work with it and heal it, then that keeps us from passing it on to our children. And it can end that right then and there. So I have a lot of clients what I'll look through and I'll say, oh, well, you know, your female ancestor line was really disempowered. And that's really showing up in your solar plexus. And this is a vulnerability that you face because of your ancestral line. And so we will work with ending that there so she doesn't pass that on to her children and vice versa. So I see it, I love how you said a kind of a twisty, I see it as a cord that kind of runs through our ancestral lines and then through us that we, just how you would go through and disattach or cut a cord, a spiritual cord or an energetic cord with somebody. I feel like we can do this with our ancestors as well, but it's not as easy as snipping. I think it takes a lot of honoring them, respecting them, understanding them and understanding how it is manifested within us and then doing that personal healing as well. Yeah, I agree with that. It's very similar to cutting psychic cords or energy cords with people that we know in our waking life. But there's also this sense in in my own sessions when I've looked and communicated with the ancestors, some of them hold a great deal of responsibility to our experience here in the earthly realm. So once they've passed on and they've gone into their clarity and they know and understand all the behaviors that they had and the deep impact that that had and how it carried through, I don't want to say necessarily that they feel a great deal of shame or guilt. I want to say it's like a feeling of responsibility that they feel tied to this earthly realm because they've left something that was not in the space of love. And when we clear these cords, not only are we liberating ourselves, but we're liberating our ancestors to feel free and clear on the other side. Like we're giving them permission to let it go. We're giving them permission to be free, you know? And, and so I see that liberation going on both sides. Yeah, completely agree with that. Also, this is where mediumship is really helpful. Um, If you can go see a medium or see somebody that can help you connect with your ancestor line or some of your people that have passed that can help you have a better understanding. And it's not always negative. You know, I can't tell you how many readings I've done where a great, great, great grandmother or aunt will show up and just say, oh my gosh, I'm so excited because this gift that I had, this psychic awareness that I had has now manifested in her or in him. And they're like, I see this wonderful trait that I had in life that now you are holding. And they, they want to take responsibility for that as well, you know, but for the good as well as the bad that they um, pass this on. And, you know, there's also times when people are initiated into certain different types of magic practices by an ancestor. So this initiation and this magical um, work or practice being passed on or craft can happen in the ethers, you know, within the ancestral line. It's kind of like there's a lot of attention right now to clearing trauma that's been passed on through the ancestral line. But the more that we connect with our ancestral line, the more we can also connect with some of those wonderful traits and have a better understanding of why we are who we are and why we do things the way we do and some of these gifts. Yes, that's a great point, Patty. And I also wanted to speak on that. Uh, There are often times that the ancestors come through and they are lifting people up. 
And if you think through the ancestral line, a lot of times uh, the ancestors lived a much more harmonious and at peace reality. And somewhere along the line, something came in and, and wrenched it up. And it sort of became this like snowball of uh, bad habits and oppression and bad behaviors and all of these things that come through. And as I said before, the, a lot of times when I see specific type of incarnates, some of them are here to do very big work. They've come here to roll up their sleeves and just clear through the muck for their parents, for their grandparents, and for everybody who came before. And you know who you are. You know those, you've, it's, it's a load. It's not an easy path, you know? And some of us are here to do that specific. We're here to break the chains. And as Patty had said before, the great thing about ancestral clearing is that once you have severed that, once you have diluted or dissolved that thread, that current that is moving through you, all generations that come behind you, they could already be incarnate. Like if you have children right now and you snip something right now, automatically that current is severed from them as well. They don't have to process. And I can tell you from my own experience, because I have two daughters and I have a lot of uh, ancestral weightiness of the female lines in my particular path. And uh, both of my daughters are nine years apart. And my first daughter was born at a time when I was just beginning my spiritual journey. And my second daughter was born nine years later. And I had completed a lot in nine years. And I can tell you with definitive clarity, the difference of even just watching the specific events that unfolded around my older daughter and my younger daughter and how that was in direct reflection to all the layers of personal work that I've done, how they handled certain things, how they reacted to certain things, whether or not certain things would even manifest, period. Um, so it's very important work, you know, for our children and our children's children. But I also want to speak to those souls. You know, I think it's also a combination. I don't think some of us are just like here to do all the, the work. And some of us are going to just get the glory of the some ancestors that are lifting us. I think it's probably a mix of both. But there are certain souls, too, who are incarnate again through their own ancestral line. And I feel like there's a, a calling and a lift. Like there, it's almost like all the ancestors are putting all their eggs in one basket. I hate to say it like that, but it's almost like they're putting all their energy into this one soul because they know behind the scenes that you are stronger, brighter, more aligned, more clear. And they're really backing you up and they're supporting you in very big ways so that you have all the breakthroughs so that you can get really far. So you can really step into your power and your clarity and all of the gifts that they had in their learning through their ancient practices and whatever it was that they were doing in their traditions way back that maybe even been lost, the currents of those energies are coming through you and supporting you. And so by doing ancestral clearing and making sure we remove those layers of um, stuckness, we'll open up the pathway for those ancestors who want to give us all the beauty, all the light, all the goodness to push us forward. We've talked before about contractual agreements when it comes to incarnation. And we may have part of our contractual agreement may be, I'm going to take this trait that's traveled through this ancestral line and I'm going to heal it. Or this is something I need to learn from. So I'm going to choose this ancestral line because this is something that this whole ancestral line has been working on. And therefore I'm going to have more information there and see how that manifests in my, my ancestors and then how it might manifest in, in me. So we can 
this is why, you know, you can, you can take children and somebody might pick up on the trauma and somebody might pick up on all the really good stuff. It depends on the contractual agreement and what's been decided. And then again, we have talked about this before, about how some people have a contractual agreement. They come in through their parents and they chose them for a specific reason. And then there are people that have come in that are just like, nope, I need to come in right now. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, you'll do. They don't really come in in a contractual agreement so much about the ancestral line or about what they can do with their parents or, or karma that they have to work through with their immediate family. They come in because they're supposed to be here and now. They want to be part of what's happening in the world, and they decide to come through on time. Now, these are the people that tend to, and I have many clients like this, that don't really feel bonded to their immediate family. You know, they don't really get their parents. They don't really feel like they belong to their family line. And these people can also feel disconnected to their ancestral line. You know, I know many people that are really into this and do a lot of work. And then there are people that are just don't feel it. And when they try to connect with their ancestral line, they don't really feel that there's anything there. So this isn't something that everybody needs to do. And it's not something that's even going to be aligned with everybody. Um, but I wanted to put that out there. And one other thing is that not everybody that has died is in a great place. So you know, again, setting intentions when you're doing ancestral work is you're setting intentions that you're going to communicate with and connect with those that are loving and kind and want to support you and help you. You know, I've, I've helped people do ancestral work where they're trying to connect with their grandmother. And then I found out that their grandmother is an earthbound spirit and hasn't worked through her anger and hasn't passed all the way through yet. And so that would not be a good person for them to connect with because trying to heal trauma with a spirit that hasn't crossed over fully is not going to do any good. So it can get a little confusing here, Jude. And what do you think about that? Well, speaking to what you just said about, yes, that not all of our ancestors are in a good place, but it's really up to us because we're the bridge here to do the prayers and do the healing for those who are suffering and they need to find their way. You know, we have the ability, the clarity of our consciousness and an understanding of where they're at to do the work for our ancestors who need liberation. I, I totally hear you. And that's an aspect. Yeah, I don't want to be drawing upon my suffering ancestors who have not transcended into the light. But I also want to pray for my ancestors who do need to find the way and they do need to find that peace. And um, that's also a part of the work of ancestral healing. Yeah, I agree. And, and that I'm talking more of connecting with that. Um, you know, if, if you're not feeling good about who you're trying to connect with rather than connecting with them or opening mm -hmm. up to them or letting them in, you know, inviting them into your space, like you said, it would be praying for them to cross over and doing the work without connecting with them. Because I think a lot of people feel that ancestral work, you have to connect with everything and everybody, and especially the ones that caused pain in the family to clear that. And sometimes it's not good to connect with those that aren't in a good place. Right. And another thing though, is there has to be a more elevated understanding of compassion and forgiveness too, when we're working with our ancestors, because even though they may have portrayed as a bad person in life, um, if they are crossed over and they are healed, they are in the light. Now you have somebody who made the mistakes and understands, you know, the lessons from the mistakes, and that could be of benefit to you. You know, you got to work with your own intuition and not turn away 
everyone with judgments, you know, well, my grandfather was this, that, or the other. And so I wouldn't want to connect with them, but just know on the other side that they are not holding themselves like that. If anything, you would gain a lot from somebody who's screwed it up and has the full clarity and understanding on the other side who might bestow some of that. So you don't make the same mistakes now. So yeah, it's not like cut and dry. It's not a black and white path. I think a lot of it is working from the intuitive space. I think you really got to uh, dive in and kind of center and quiet yourself and kind of feel in. If you want to look at specific threads of uh, lineages that go back through people, you know, or if you just want to meditate and just keep going back generation and generation and, and feel what you feel and address each layer of it. You know, if it, they need to be prayed for, if they just need compassion, if they need a hug, if they need to just be like a party, like so stoked you're here, you know, whatever it is that there's that aspect of uh, connecting with your ancestral lines as well. We've talked a lot about our blood relatives. Let's talk a little bit about some of our spiritual ancestors and our land ancestors. So this could be, let's say, um, for an example, you have purchased a piece of property, you move in uh, into the property and you feel that you're being watched or you start having dreams about something specific, about maybe you're seeing an, an indigenous person in your dream work. Um, you can take the time to just sit in the land and ask permission to be there and have gratitude for what they have brought before and you know, state respect for the land. And, you know, you can clean up the land and have that as an offering and thank them and have gratitude. And this can go a long way for healing some of that type of thing. And the same with your spiritual ancestors, you know, you can call in a deity that you've been working with, or if there's a, a god or a goddess that you work with through your faith or your religion or your practice, you can call them in and work with them and ask them to help you with this as well. So some of the ways to connect with our ancestors is to learn about your background. And this goes way beyond the family tree. But once you start doing that, you know, if you have somebody in the family, or if you want to take that on and start building your family tree and researching it, sometimes you might come across a name. And when you read that name, it just stirs something in you or it activates something in you. And you might, you know, do some more research and see if anybody in the family has stories about them. And if not, you can just meditate. And set the intention that as long as they are positive energy and they're going to come through in a high vibrational way, ask them to come through and bring you messages or show up in your dream state or come through in uh, meditation or send you signs. And so you can connect that way. Also building an altar, you know, an altar space is a space where we pause and communicate with spirit and connect spiritually. So having an altar and putting a photograph of somebody or something that represents your ancestral line that you're trying to work with is a good way to connect. Um, and then also exploring cultural traditions and activating those connections. Um, you know, like look at some of the, the celebrations and the traditions throughout the culture of your bloodline and see if any memories come through there or if that triggers any memories and your bloodline may be, you may be mixed race. You may have three or four different places. So you can, by studying the traditions of some of these cultures, you might be drawn more to one than another, which can be spirit's way of kind of nudging you to look into that space or research that. And then also recognizing patterns that you have and working with the intention to stop those patterns there. And if you're unable to really connect with your ancestral line, you can just look at what similarities you might have with your mother or your father. 
And like, I come from a long line of warriors and I can definitely recognize that. And I've tried really hard not to pass that on to my children. You can recognize just patterns through your immediate family and stop that there. And then the other thing, and June, I've talked about this so many times, just ask, ask spirit, what does this mean? How, you know, should I do this work? What is a good place to start? And just be open to what you get and trust what you get. And especially if you're asking for signs, you know, so many of us, myself included, we'll get signs and we're like, eh, just my imagination, or I must be exaggerating that. And we let it go instead of holding on to it and asking more. And then talking to a medium or doing some mediumship work would work. Do you do any of these steps, Jude? How do you connect with your own ancestors? You know, for me, a lot of times when I connect with the ancestors, it's not intentional. It's just like I might be going into a meditation or working with another healer. And then next thing I know, my ancestors come through and there they are. Today's the day. This is what we're doing. (laughs) So I can't say that I've specifically purposefully. And that's why I also feel like it's not, you know, my area of expertise, but in the same breath, I've done a lot of readings and it's not like the ancestors come up all the time, but sometimes they come out hot, right? Right. The second we get going, that's what's happening. And there's a difference between when it's like somebody immediate that's crossed over. And when it's like an ancestor, somebody through the long history that you're very um, unattached to. Uh, One of the commonalities that I see is not that it happens to everybody, but sometimes there are people who reincarnate through their own lineage. So they are their own great, great grandmother or great, great grandfather. And um, I find those channels to be very interesting. I think it's more common than not, actually. Uh, It's not always like that. It could be totally random. You could be with a totally different soul group because we are so closely tied to soul groups. And uh, I think it's also something that probably happens more often than not. But in my sessions, when I've read people who've reincarnated through their own line, those people tend to have like a lot of specific work to do. Like they're able to do so much more for that family line because they're so integrated into it. They were either the power or the trouble, you know, several generations back. And maybe they're coming back through to undo what they started or to um, bring back the power into the family. And because you've been through that same soul group family line several times, I find that the impact that those particular souls have in doing the ancestral healing tends to be a lot more potent <laughs> than people who come in randomly. But that's just my my humble opinion and observation. I don't know that I've ever seen that. Really? I've seen yeah. it several times. Yeah. Like it makes total sense, but maybe it's never been introduced to me in that way. That you could, you know, like you could be the grandfather and the the great, great grandchild. So, so I've read a good number of uh, indigenous people who have held to their traditions through the generations. And, and this is also part in the observation of those who reincarnate through the ancestral line. I'm finding a pattern there. Uh, it's different with people because in this Western world of the United States, a lot of us have been stripped a few generations back from our origins of where we came from and what uh, the traditions were that we held. Um, But for those within family lines in which those traditions are still very prominent and they have not been lost, I find a pattern of souls reincarnating through those lines. Now, I don't know if it's like connected. I don't know if that's a thing, but uh, I've seen it a good handful of times that 
it sort of makes sense. I think maybe the the current, you know, the the pathway or the thread that connects all those generations back maybe is still more charged. Maybe that's why, I don't know. But doesn't it make sense though, because you are part of a soul group and we're often always coming back with the same soul group. I get that a soul group can kind of phase out, but it might take a few generations to phase into like a new area. You know, it's like whoever my family is now, I've obviously been with my husband and my children before, but not here as these people, you know, I have memories of being in Africa with them or being in Europe with them or being wherever with them. So at some point we all had to kind of travel somewhere else, (laughs) you know? And if we didn't, I could see that it would be very easy to be like, oh, I'll just come in as my own granddaughter or my own great grandchild and continue on this story on this path. Yeah. It makes total sense I th- it, that it would be possible for sure. But I guess it's just never been introduced to me that way in readings. Like no one's ever said, Oh, I'm this, you know, I mean, I've had like baby spirits that maybe, maybe somebody miscarried and the baby will say, Oh, I'm coming back as their cousin, or I came back, you know, I'm, I'm their miscarried child from blah, blah years ago kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, but that's, that's the soul not incarnating and then not coming back or coming back in a different way. But um, see, I don't have memories of other lifetimes with my- I know that trips me out. Well, you don't have a lot of memories. Oh, wait, no, you do have a lot of memories of other lifetimes, right? But yeah, but it's more about me and my purpose and what's happening less about the people. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody in a past life recall when I'm like, oh, that's my brother. I, that always trips me out about you because mine is so strong. Like I could just, somebody could just walk in front of me and I'll get a full flash memory. I'll be somewhere else. I'll remember a whole event that happened like in a level of detail. It's really cool, but that happens to me all the time. I just recently have had some memories of being a, like a bird creature and avian creature. And I've recognized a few clients that I've become close to because I've recognized them, but my family, I don't have any human incarnation memories um, with them. And my friend's like, yes, you have, of course you've had a, a you know life with Jude, you know it. And I'm like, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't remember, uh, sharing a life with you. <laughs> yeah. It, that's another weird thing about you and me though. I mean, at least on the earthly realm, there's one time I think we did a meditation together and I was like, oh, I remember sitting around a fire with you. And that's about yeah. as deep as I went. Yeah. I remember that too. Let's talk about non-human ancestors. So I have read a lot of people, especially lately, where their ancestral line is showing up, but they're non-human. So these people, let's say, as I say, I have somebody named Martha. Martha has an ancestral line of this incarnation, a human line. And then she also has had lives as an ET. So she has an ancestral line of the ET line. You know, we are having such a strong visitation from ET sources that are here or ET races are here to assist us with the shift um, into the higher dimensions that they're much more prevalent. There are many more of them around and it's just a a topic of conversation and, and coming up a lot more in my readings than it ever has in the past. For me, I'm having a lot of people that ancestors are showing up and giving them support, telling them to have faith that everything is going to be okay and reminding them of their gifts and abilities, reminding them that they are light, light workers, that type of thing from ancestral lines that are, are non-human. Have you had that showing up a lot lately? Without a doubt, but I would define it a little bit differently because I don't see them as ancestors. I see them as like embodied conscious souls that are still existing 
you know, that exist in uh, timeless dimensions. And so they're not deceased. They're not like dead and crossed into the light. They are embodied and fully functioning in whatever dimensional plane that they're from and that they are assisting. So I see it as like their galactic family stepping forward through dimensional spaces. See, I've been seeing it both ways because I've been mm-hmm. seeing like reading star seeds that are having um, dual lives. You know, they're living as an ET and having a dual existence as a human. And then I see, like you said, em- embodied ETs that are related to or have something to do with the human that are here assisting them and watching over them. But then I'm also seeing an ancestral line. Um, I recently read two women that are friends. I read them separately and they had a past life together in a non-human existence as, as say ETs, but they died and they reincarnated here and, and very separate. So I've seen both ways. I think that's so fascinating. I haven't seen that specifically yet, but I have seen, I know what you're talking about, the dual lives thing, but one of the things that I've seen is from the other lifetimes that are completely disconnected from this one, earthly lives and the ancestors from those other earthly lives coming through where you're seeing it from these other galactic lives, which is so cool. I absolutely am like, I'm on board with that. I know that definitely can be a thing. I just personally haven't had that communication come through to me, but definitely where I'm like, oh, your ancestors from this other lifetime are also still here supporting you. They're still invested in your journey. How about like the collective ancestral influence, like of a whole culture? not to like bring in the stereotypes or anything like that. But, you know, I know as a Korean person, you know, I'm going to say this, like Koreans are known to be a little fiery and a little spicy. It sometimes gets in the way for me and it sometimes helps me forward. You know, it gives me a lot of strength. There is something within the collective field of a group of people also that can have a lot of influence. So if your people experienced a lot of trauma, for example, if like something had, you know, happened uh, to a whole culture, to a whole group, a whole race, that energy can have a great impact on somebody. And it's beyond just specific ancestors. It's going to like sort of like the collective consensus of your people, of your your community that is coming through you. So I just did a reading for a woman last week and we were doing some ancestral work. And, you know, she was saying, I look back on my ancestors and there's a lot of anger and and hatred and resentment for what that um, religion and that race of people had gone through a a traumatic experience way back. And then that has been passed through. And she says that she recognizes it as kind of an underlying personality trait through everybody in her family. You know, just like there are so many stereotypes about different races and different religions and everything. But she said that, you know, as we talked about it, without stereotyping it, it is a form of trauma or traumatic response that has lasted and been passed on through that community. And it's not only her family, it's the community as a whole. So, yeah, I fully agree with you. Absolutely. And it is a real thing. There is something in the field to a collection of people who have been oppressed or hurt. And so, you know, I've, you know, I've heard people say things like, well, they should just get over it. It's not quite that simple. There are a lot of voices and a lot of energy and a lot of emotions put into a space of injustice and and pain. Yeah, it does require us each individually to go into that space of forgiveness and being able to let go. But we're speaking of like an entire mass of maybe millions and millions of people. It's not just so simple to just cleanse that and let it go and just 
pretend it didn't happen. It's in the field. But this is also where this ancestral healing comes in. There is a pathway to that healing. And if we were all conscious and elevated enough to understand that that is something that can be done, that perhaps we can let it go. It takes effort. You know, it takes really facing and looking at what's happening and sending it the positive healing energy rather than reigniting and refueling the energies that are already there and perpetuating the same emotional cycles over and over again. You know, but the thing is, is that a lot of us at this point in time are not conscious enough or awoken enough to see that. The collective ancestral field is an absolute thing, and it definitely has a big impact on us. Really quickly, just to, I touched on spiritual ancestors, what some people consider to be spiritual ancestors uh, would again be somebody within your faith or your religion or your beliefs that feels like a relative to you. So for Christianity, you know, Jesus, you know, some feel that Jesus is their brother and there's a, a, a brotherly love there. Um, you know, the same with mother Mary, they see her as an extension of a, a parent, as a mother to them, as well as a mother to Christ. You can look at Buddha that way as well. So spiritual ancestors, it doesn't really have the trauma attached to it as much as it is that extended family feeling. It is as if you treat those spirits, those gods, goddesses, deities as an ancestor that is here to guide you and protect you. And they do have a lot of times have a little bit of an ancestral connection in that, like you were explaining, Jude, about culture. They are part of a religion that has been through your family line. Let's say you're Italian. There's a good chance that Catholicism has run through your line. So there is that community connection with the collective of Catholicism. And then also that sense of attachment or relation to the deities, the gods, goddesses, saints that are associated with that as well. Have you experienced that at all? Oh yeah, without a doubt. You know, um, in the ceremonial work that I do, we have an altar and the altar has pictures of the teachers that came before and we honor them as spiritual ancestors who paved the way for us, you know, generation and generation back. And there's a, a story that comes through, you know, just as like the story of Jesus, of the time of Jesus and the story that is handed down about you know, those that came after and how everybody was influenced. And we carry those stories through and we uh, revere and we honor those that came before with our spiritual pathways and traditions. So yes, that's absolutely a thing. I did have this one intense experience with my ancestors. And it was actually the first time I think I ever really fully, really acknowledged them. I hate to say, I would like to tell you all that I was like deeply ingrained with all of my ancestors, my whole spiritual journey, but it wasn't like that. It was when I was giving birth to Indigo, my daughter who just is turning 12 this week. And as I was in the throes of labor, it was, I was having a pretty hard time. Let's just say that I was hallucinating, not hallucinating. What do you want to call it? But there was all of these people in the room and I knew I could see them with clarity and I couldn't recognize them. I wouldn't be able to tell you who they were, but I knew that they were my ancestors and they were all encircled in the uh, hospital room as I was giving birth to Indigo. It was wild. You know, it was like they were holding the space for me, you know, and just recognizing that I was bringing a new generation forward. And I've never had prior to that time, any specific understanding or acknowledgement of the ancestors, but it was after that, that I really took it seriously. I really was like, wow, this is what's happening. You know, I had gentle reminders of working with the ancestors and I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, I don't, 
I don't really think about that a lot. You know, I don't really put a lot of emphasis on it because I don't really know who my ancestors are. You know, I don't have that connection. In fact, I've actually been really isolated from a lot of my family on either side. Uh, but yet I do know that there's influence of them in me. And I would say that uh, I've only really started to take uh, more of a deeper appreciation into the ancestors in the last probably 10 years of my life. And uh, I think that I've gotten profound and deep healing and really let go of some specific things. Oh, one of them was, I just also had an experience in hypnotherapy where some of my ancestors decided to surprise me and show up. And what I saw was this depression. And at the time it had not all clicked to me, but I remember one time I was talking to my grandmother and she's like, Oh, you know, like two of my brothers committed suicide and my cousin committed suicide and my uncles committed suicide. And by the time we were done with this conversation, she so nonchalantly described about 10 people that she knew that killed themselves. And I was scratching my head thinking, don't you think that's odd? Like in the fact that she would speak of it so comfortably, she was so sort of desensitized to that. This was like a major thing because it had happened so much. It had become sort of like uh, conditioned and acclimated into just like, this is what it is. People just take their lives in our family. And uh, in the hypnotherapy, I saw that thread of depression and I felt that current in me. And it was that thing that would make me just feel sort of melancholy. And when I was able to release that cord, it was like taking a breath of fresh air of inner peace of just like, everything's okay. You know, like, you know, it was like, not to say that I was like chipper and happy. It was just this like dragging sadness that was always kind of with me before I had that. And I, it's almost like I didn't even notice it was there until it was gone kind of thing too. Yeah. I highly recommend finding somebody who can help you with uh, ancestral clearing. There's a lot that influences us in terms of what our ancestors uh, went through and what we carry for them. Well, that's a lot, Jude. So, so do you feel like just recognizing that helped you release it? Like just knowing about it and having compassion for it allowed you to let it go? In the therapy, I remember uh, feeling them looking at me um, and feeling sorrow. They felt, as I said, responsible. They felt like they left something bad behind and that they feel responsible now. And until that cord is broken, until that current is relieved, like sort of plucking the root out of this earthly dimension and clearing it, they weren't able to make peace. So when I actually cleared it, they cheered. They were also relieved. They were like also taking that same breath, you know, that it wasn't tied to them, that there was an aspect of them that was still anchored in this density and this heaviness and this reality. So yeah, it was really beautiful. Yeah, that's that's powerful. I, you know, I do see that with a lot of clients where I'll, I'll just tell them, you just have this underlying sadness. And they're like, yes. And I'll say, do you have any idea what that's from? No. And we will look at that and it's 99% of the time, it's something that's in the ancestral line that's been passed on or an underlying anger, you know, in addition to all the predisposed physical things, you know, that can come about, which as we know, energy manifests physically. So whatever you're carrying emotionally is going to tend to manifest physically in the same way or the same chakra that it manifested in your great-grandparents or your great-great-grandparents. I mean, you got to think everything is encoded with energy. And uh, 
The very cells and the blood that you carry are encoded with energy. There is nobody in closer frequency to you than the ones that you were born from, whether or not you're adopted or disconnected from. I mean, we we just simply have to respect that that's just the true nature of it. Our blood and bones is made up of codes and frequencies that came from somewhere else. And we have varying degrees of attachment to it, depending if we've grown up around our parents or if we've been separated from them, but it's still there. So it's worth at the very least an attempt to do a meditation of some sort or an invocation of some sort, acknowledging those that came before that created the body through generations back and allowing yourself and claiming your autonomy, okay? Claiming the autonomy and then only inviting in those that have something of benefit to bring to you. As Patty was saying earlier about like only connecting to those ancestors who are here to support you in a positive way and uplift you. And then also at the same time, liberating and freeing those who need that liberation and then praying for those who are still earthbound or still stuck and um, needing to go to the light and find their clarity. Yeah, I wanted to add here as well, um, you know, for somebody, let's say that you are adopted, your adoptive parents have as we know, a huge effect on you and your life. So let's say that your uh, mother that adopted you had um, insecurities in her root chakra. There was something passed on in her ancestral line that made her feel that it wasn't safe to be here, that she had to be on alert, that her needs weren't going to be met. Now, certainly those traits can get passed on to you by the way that she raises you, but also you're living within that energetic field of everything that has been passed on to her. So you're going to be picking up that energy, you know, similarly to how they say people that live together, whether they're related or not, will end up looking like one another or what their voices will end up sounding alike because like attracts like, and those energies start to merge. So even if you were um, adopted, looking at the ancestral line of your adoptive parents, could actually have a big effect on you as well and clearing some of that trauma that's been passed on to you simply energetically and not necessarily through your blood. I totally agree. And I'm going to take it a step further, which, you know, is going into the uncomfortable space of entities because entities can also be passed down generation to generation, especially if they're abusive or a lot of the imbalances that we have that are extreme are often caused by entities, you know, and if we don't know how to handle them, we kind of inadvertently, especially if those who are born within family lines and they're already so empathic and their energy sponges and they're taking on a lot of the, the chaos that is being passed in the, through the home from the parents, we can often pick up entities and we don't know how to deal with that. So there's a lot of that that needs to be cleared. And some of them that we carry, I've seen it. I've been in spaces and watched people have to purge entities that didn't even belong to them, belong to their parents and their grandparents and going back, you know, so that's also an aspect of the ancestral influence that can come through. Yes. And again, there are people out there that specialize in ancestral healing. And definitely this is something that a hypnotist can help you with. So um, I would start out with meditating and see what you can do on your own. And then if you need assistance, definitely seek that out. All right. Well, Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for sharing our podcast with like-minded people who could benefit from these conversations that we're having. Thank you for your donations. It helps us from having to put the advertisements on these episodes. If you want to know more about what Patty and I do individually or together, you can find our individual websites and information through spiritspeakerspodcast.com. Uh, we look forward to more interesting conversations in the future. 
Yes, and I wanted to thank you all for all of the wonderful comments. We did our last episode on moving into the 5D, and we got so many compassionate notes thanking us for being brave and urging us on and um, just lots of love and support. And thank you so much for that. You know, you guys don't realize how much that really means to Jude and I. We, we really take this to heart, and it really moves us. So thank you for that. Yes, I personally also very much appreciate every time uh, any of you take the time to write a little thank you note to me and Patty about the work that we're doing and how much it's been helping you. It truly is the fuel that keeps us going. So thank you very much for all of that. Much love and aloha. Take care.